0: Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheel as we discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, and I am back from a bit of a sabbatical, shall we say got busy i had to make work for a gallery show so that is now finished it is in the gallery and finishing up i should be able to bring the pots home um, in four or five days at the end of the month it ran for the month of july at gallery 41 in owego new york right now i am in the hammock out back the studio kind of relaxing on a nice summer day i've been wiped out friends um, i had to do some overtime. At the paper factory and do some training and new hire training. So it's been it's been pretty hectic. So I have a show on Saturday coming up in Lake Cary, PA, where I'll be splitting a table with a pen and ink artist, and uh, that should be fun. So I'm looking forward to that and taking the pots out there. I still have a few more pieces to fire out for that show, but I'm sure it's going to be a real good time. So the collection that I put in the gallery show for the month of July was called Line Upon Line. You can see that show on my website in the Line Upon Line page uh, if you go to the website. But yeah, it's been really humid and very little rain the first part of the month. Um, Currently, we've been getting rain almost every day, which is kind of nice. The garden is looking pretty decent. We've been getting a few things out of that And uh, it's just been really nice eating lettuce and other vegetables that are starting to come out. Went blueberry picking and just had a really nice time on these few weeks that I had off. Um, Not necessarily off because I was working, but outside the podcast. So this week, um, what I was going to do is talk a bit about uh, getting through tough times in your pottery business and list a few things that maybe you could try to save a few dollars because inflation right now is pretty high and the prices prices of gas are starting to come down but they've been high and i fire all gas friends so i'm gonna go over a few things that i'm thinking about doing uh, for the fall show to save money so that i don't need to raise prices and so working families can still buy the pots that I make at the prices that they know. Prices that they know means I'm not going to be doing a huge price hike. I'm going to try to cut costs on my end and still preserve quality and maybe implement a few things that I'll be talking about in the next section. So I think Because it's so hot, maybe we'll go down by the creek today. Um, You're not going to be able to hear the creek because the creek is quite low, friends. And um, so meet me down there, and we'll have a chat about how to save a few dollars in your business and maybe cut costs. All right, I'll see you there. All right, we're down by the creek. Come on in, pick a stone, set right up beside me here. We'll have a little bit of a chat about how to save money on your pottery. And tough times are on us, and I don't think we've seen inflation like this happen since the 80s. And I am not sure if sales have been any different for you. Uh, I've looked around and, and some people are saying sales have been great this year, even if inflation was high. Others say, They haven't been doing all that well. And I think it depends on who you are and where in the country you might be. Um, Out here in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, near the cold Tuscarora Creek, uh, things have been a little bit slow. I did sell a few pieces at the gallery show, so so that was good. And um, I did sell a few pieces at the hometown days uh, in our local town. Uh, a few weeks back so one of the things that you can do to save money in your business is take a look at your raw materials and it may be time for you to do things that might be a little uncomfortable for you to do what I mean is if you buy mixed glazes it may be time for you to do a cost analysis and see if it would be cost effective to test and run hand mixed glazes. I know sometimes that it might not be convenient for you to do that. You may not have the tools, but I think if you made a cost effective investment in creating a base glaze and add in oxides for different colorants, um, you could be pretty well set on the amount of glaze that you can use and also be surprised at what a cost savings it is even though you have to take time to mix it so i had this one base glaze Um, it's called uh, janet haldcraft's blue dawn and you can find that on my website if you go into the blog section and you scroll down it should be in there and you're welcome to use that recipe if you take out the expensive cobalt and you substitute, say, iron oxide, rutile, uh, carbon, I mean, um, copper carb, and other colorants uh, that are a little bit more cost effective and a little more less expensive, then you can have a whole new palette of Cone 6 glazes off the same base. So you're not storing extra raw materials you have all the same raw materials the only thing that you would need to buy different would be the oxides so early on i bought enough raw materials after my christmas show last year to last me a full another year and i currently run four glazes and i have enough to get by for the rest of the year so so i got lucky there Also, think about how many glazes you run. The more glazes you run, the the more raw materials you need to buy, and the more um, space that takes up, which could be used for something else. So a lot of times people don't think of storage in space as a cost savings, but it really is. So think about your glaze palette. Can you cut some glaze colors that you have sitting around that you mix but don't sell all that well, um, what are your best sellers? Maybe this year only put out your best sellers as far as color and glaze types. So that's a few things that you could do right there that would save a couple hundred dollars. Um, I know buying pre-mixed glazes from the clay shops are very expensive, especially now to have them shipped. And unless you have one near your studio and you can drive out there, that's great. But for me, living out in the middle of nowhere, I need everything shipped, so that is one way that I do that. Um, I have that base recipe, and then I add in the oxides for the color palette. Another thing that you could do that could save you a few dollars is to look at how many pieces or how many types of forms you have. Are you putting in time in forms that may not sell all that well. So I know everybody probably sells mugs. Uh, They're collectors. Everybody sells soup bowls because they're collectors. But are there some things that you make up, spend time on, spend energy on, spend electric and kiln firings on that you do not need? So look for those best sellers and maybe only run best sellers, like I said about the glazes apply that to your forms. Um, are there some things that you can eliminate? I know right now that um, for me the larger pieces like the casserole dishes and pie plates uh, are going pretty slow. And I, and I think that um, I could eliminate those and go back to the smaller pieces because per pound they could end up being a cost savings because it the mugs take up far less room in the kiln than the large flat items so think about that also another way to save money is do something drastic Uh, there's plenty of people who go to single firing I may be doing that I run gas out here and gas is like through the roof right now so I am starting single fire the mugs that I am making later today will be single fired and glazed, and it will be my first time trying that process out. It's been done for years. I personally have never done it. I am in a few groups that do single firing, and I know a few people who do single firing. But for me personally, um, my learning was to do bisque, so I have always done that. However, with the cost, I'm gonna be brave and try a full kiln load of mugs, single fire. So Simon Leach has some great videos on single fire if you'd like to learn that. And I think what I'm gonna do is probably post some instructional blog posts on how I do it and mix it in with some storytelling to make it enjoyable and easier to learn. So it sounds really drastic, but I would be cutting down my gas by half by doing less firings. And it also, uh, reducing the number of firings is less wear and tear on the kilns, um, because your elements should be changed out uh, after so many firings. Uh, There's a number for that, depending on what type of elements you have. They recommend for uh, preventative maintenance and having uh, to do in downtime, not preventative maintenance, progressive maintenance, which means, changing out parts before you actually need to to save money by being uh by being proactive so that's what that is so you can look at that number and find out sometimes on the digital kilns they have the number of firings that you are on and you can see when your elements may need changing out before you have a week's downtime waiting for parts come in the mail so parts are very hard to find so doing Um, progressive maintenance may be a cost savings also thrown in with this whole idea of single fire. So what I plan to do is this whole process, I'll need to learn it. I'll need to screw up a few kiln loads to figure it out. And uh, I think I'm going to go with mugs glazed on the inside and texture patterns on the first quarter up and just dipped in the top two thirds so that i can run my first kiln load raw fire to see how it goes without um, making too much of a mess of my shells (laughs) should stuff blow up if i get it wrong so um, i need to experiment with uh the firing schedule a bit and i know plenty of people to help me with that who've done it loads of times so i'm not too worried about it i just need the practice and the mess ups to uh to get it right and um so we'll see how that goes so Uh, let's see another way that you could save money is thinking about how you apply for shows and sometimes when you apply for shows the booth fees are really high and the jury fees are really high and you get there and you're just breaking even after you pay for food like maybe you take your own food um, as a cost savings but a lot of times if you didn't attend the show first to see how things would go, a lot of times it's just it's just a crapshoot. And maybe pull back and try something online if you haven't, like maybe try selling on Etsy and other platforms to diversify if you only do shows and you don't have online work. So I, I personally think that if you don't have an online presence, Um, you're missing out on a lot of sales to the world that could be done with online selling. And that's a whole other thing you might not want to get into, but just like me, I never thought one day that I would be single firing. So it's something that I need to invest in, invest time in, invest pots in, messing it up, until I get a schedule down to where it's correct, until I learn it. And the more diversified you are, the actual actually the better it will be for you so if one platform tanks you still have a whole nother platform that can generate income for you if you didn't get into that big show or if you sent two hundred dollars to that jury and you didn't get selected and they kept your money um, you can show your work to the world and maybe do things to drive traffic to your website and, and that's a thing that Uh, I find a lot of times if you've been to art school, they teach you the arts, a lot of times they never teach you the marketing side of it. And I always thought that there should be business courses and marketing courses um, implemented in with the arts degrees uh, to help students get their work shown out there. Um, It's a lot easier to do things and to show the world your work and to tell your story nowadays than it was 20 years ago before the internet, and it's just amazing what you can do, and a lot of it is organic search, and people find you, and you can have those searches narrowed down through search engine optimization techniques that are very easy to learn and do uh, so that you find your people out there, and selling to the least um, rather than to everybody, and finding the people who care about your work. So, like Seth Godin says, uh, selling, making work that matters for people who care. And collecting those people who care uh, can help you through the hard times, right? Because it's helping me right now. If it wasn't for this gallery show, um, the internet shows slowed down some. Even though I did decent at some of the vendor shows, I still need money for clay, right? Like we all do. So, so ha- being diversified, uh, having the galleries, the online, the um, and the vendor shows, and then the shows out of my my personal shed here at the pottery shed, um, really help diversify the buying base. So when one tanks, um, the other helps out in some ways. So another way that you can save money is maybe collaborate with other artists on buying supplies. So sometimes they give you free shipping if you buy over a certain amount and maybe if you know somebody else, maybe a friend that also is making pots, maybe has a hobby or in a business, um, you can collaborate on buying clay or, or oxides or raw materials for glaze. Um, if some of those are common, and that will save you money for sure on shipping. And sometimes, even with clay, however more you buy, the dollar amount per pound comes down. So, maybe you go together to the pottery supply store, and you buy a ton of clay, and then split it. Or, because you can buy a ton of clay together you can get free shipping and have it brought out maybe. So it all depends on uh, what your clay provider does and who you know and what you can collaborate with. Another way to save money, I think I talked about it before, is to drop those expensive materials if you can. Uh, I am saving my cobalt. I am not using it at $50 a pound right now. Nothing will be coming out blue until Christmas. Um, so, when I have my blue Christmas show, that will be the only time that I run blues because right now everything is so expensive, there's no way I'm going to run cobalt. But I will run iron, and iron right now is fairly cheap, so that's one way that I can save money and do pretty decent. So another way another way that you can save some money is by thinking about how you can generate other types of income. Um, So a lot of potters, uh, they may write, they may have a newsletter, uh, they may hold classes. So during times like these, um, it would not be too hard to find people who may want to try new hobbies. Even though those classes may cost money, maybe there's a way that you can do it in a cost-effective way and start a group to uh, start a little pottery class or if you have shops that you sell in, maybe you could do little workshops at those places to generate some revenue. Or homeschooling. Very few homeschoolers have access to artists in the arts. And they're more than willing and be more than happy to pay you to have the kids come out. And let them do a project for a fee for a day. Or maybe it's a two-day project. And... Um, so I've been thinking quite a bit about that. I have done a few of those. And uh, a family did come out, and I did a demo, and it went really nice. And um, they were very happy about everything. I let the kids make a pinch pot. And um, so in my next firing, I just put them in. It wasn't no trouble at all. And they paid me a pretty decent amount for the kindness. And it felt very fulfilling to do because you're, you're helping out these families. So So maybe thinking about not just selling pots and making pots, but how can your skills be leveraged to help you bring in more income to your pottery business? Now, granted, if you're not making pots, you're not making money. However, um, if people aren't necessarily buying a lot of pots, it may be more cost-effective now in these hard times to do a few classes and to start classes, because for sure I know that a kiln load of mugs is far more cost effective than running a class. But it also depends on how many people are in that class and their skill level. So so that's something to think about. And also, firing other people's work. Um, a lot of potters say no to that. Um, but I think if you set some really good guidelines for people to follow, you could get paid to fire out other people's work whose studio got shut down during covid and maybe they haven't got back up yet they have work that they um have sitting around already glazed that you can fire you would just need to verify the clay type and the cone that it would go to but um i'm sure they would pay you to have that fired out and you'd be helping somebody out so so that's one thing that you can do however like for sure you would have to be have strict guidelines Uh, So things would be fired at the correct temperature and not melt down. I've seen some pretty horrible things happen to where low fire pots got into high fire firings and it ended up turning into glaze all over the shelves, right? So you wouldn't want that. However, if there was a way that you could be sure and set strict guidelines, that could be a way that you could earn income. Also, another way to earn income is along with the workshops. If people want to learn how to do a process that you do. Maybe they don't want to take a pottery class and learn to throw the pots, but maybe they would like to learn the firing process. So I fire gas and um, so I would be more than happy to have somebody come over and as I'm firing, show them the techniques I use to fire out the updraft kilns and to when to do the turnups how to hear and listen to the flame how to listen to the airflow and how to do the turnups and my firing schedule and that's a really interesting process and it's an art form in itself and uh, that's why i like firing gas and maybe other people would pay you uh, to learn that process so hopefully this is this has been helpful for you and uh, um, i wanted to apologize for the long sabbatical but i just got totally swamped um, i did 20 pieces in two weeks for that uh, hebrew jar collection for the gallery show that i did if you'd like to see the hebrew jar collection line up online go to my website and there is a link in the menu for the line upon online collection and you can see some of those jars with hebrew text written on the side out of isaiah dealing with justice and i um, put texture patterns on them And I think they turned out fairly decent. So there you have it, friends. Hopefully you can get through the hard times and the inflation and the political unrest a bit. And hopefully where you are, you're having um, a wonderful time creating. And there's nothing more important than creating and putting the work out there, work that matters for people who care. And never think that what you do might not matter. You just need to find the right people to find the work. And Seth Godin always talks about if your work matters or not, uh, would people miss you if you were gone? So, so that's a question you can ask, and I ask that. And usually when I disappear for a few weeks thinking about something, working on some big project, it's comforting to know that I have a few people that would uh, come by and, and see how I'm doing either on my social media, or through email, or through the newsletter. Say, hey, I haven't seen... It just makes me feel good that there are one or two people. And and that's all you need, is one or two people that care about your work, and maybe they'll tell another one or two. Um, I did have some pretty good goals uh, come in. Um, I'm now getting more views to the website, so I need to put better work up there. Um, I received my very first... 1,000 per month um, award from Google search. So I'm getting more people from Google search than I am now from social media. So I'm really happy about that. I don't pay attention to the numbers too much because I don't want to get caught up on numbers. They can be a huge distraction because they can really affect your work once you start seeing those, if you if you see any variations in the numbers. Um, variations in the numbers can be anything it can be a change in algorithm on google or some other search engine or a change in platform on instagram so as long as one or two people can see the work and care about the work and i feel that what i'm doing matters um, i could care less about the numbers but it was encouraging to see that come through my email and uh yeah so take care friends i hope that um, things go well with you and I hope that you keep making pots that matter for people to for people who care if you sell so have a great day and uh, thanks for listening take care of yourselves and each other.